Um, I hope you've had a, a good new year, a good start to the new year, and we through January are looking at that. How to start the year afresh, how to start the year anew. And it's interesting that we had that song because Tom has been flatting, so I haven't seen him for a wee bit. But Peter, if you could just put that last song on, if, if that's possible, um, because that's really what I want to talk about. We've just sung about it, that our desire was to honour God. Uh, just the, um, uh, yeah, the chorus will be fantastic. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I live for you alone. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake, Lord, have your way in me. It's pretty tough words. It's a nice tune. But man, that is tough to live. But that is that our desire? Maybe we're not there yet, but is that our desire to live like that, to give all honour to God? And that's our desire. If you have your Bibles, um, Philippians 3, and, and this is just, just really quickly through this. Um, we're not spending long, we're not going to unpack too much here, um, though this Philippians 3 is so rich. And I'll just read a wee bit, um, I'll jump around a wee bit. Philippians 3 verse 7, this is Paul speaking about himself. But what things, in verse 7, what things were gained to me, I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed I count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. I count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ, to be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. Then verse 10, that I may know him, the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his suffering, being conformed to his death. Then over to verse 14, he finishes this little passage. So I press onward towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. On Christmas Day, there was a movie on called Chasing Great. Chasing Great. Has anyone seen that? Did anyone see it, by the way? Watch it on Christmas Day. <laughs> Did anyone go to the movies and watch it when it came out four or five months ago, Chasing Great? Does anybody know what it's about? Mate, see, they say in Canterbury we're one-eyed in our rugby. Uh, Waikato is no different. Chasing Great is about the greatest all-black who has ever lived, Richie McCaw. That's what the film was about. And my son and I sat down on Christmas night and watched this film about Richie McCaw. Not because he was a crusader, but because he was probably the greatest all-black that I have seen in my lifetime. Two World Cups as captain. And so it's looking at, the film is about basically coming up to the World Cup in 2015. And it looks back over his life of what made him great. And in that film, um, it shows you really that he had this passion within side of him like no other rugby player, that he would actually watch, and people from the Waikato call him a cheat, but why he could get away with so much, he would spend all day on YouTube watching every game that he could get 
of the referee that was going to ref, whether it's the Crusaders or the All Blacks, he would watch how that referee, where was his blind spot, so he could get away and play as an open side flanker as he did. That was his commitment. But in this movie, what really struck me was when he was 18, his uncle took him to McDonald's to map out his career when he was 18. Amazing. Now he, he writes down it was 1998, sitting at McDonald's. They get a napkin out, him and his uncle, and go, how are we going to make you great? Okay, so Richie wrote this. Well, in 1999, I want to get into the under-19 Canterbury team. In the year 2000, I want to be uh, a Canterbury Colts, get into the Canterbury Colts. In 2002, I want to get into the Canterbury A team. In 2003, I want to be a Crusader. And in 2004, I want to be an All Black. And his uncle said to him, don't just write down an all black. Write down that you want to be a great all black. So he wrote all this down. And at the end, he put G-A-B because he was embarrassed to put a great all black. The amazing thing is, in this movie it showed, in 2001, which was his plan to get in to the Canterbury A team, he became an All Black. Three years before he had planned it, he became an All Black. In 2001, he made the field against Ireland in Ireland and became man of the match. Amazing dedication. Steve Hansen said of him that as a rugby player, when he got him for the Crusaders, he wasn't much but he had never seen a passion to improve. He had never seen a desire. He never seen a guy with such goals that drove him, that he annoyed all the open side, the number eights in the Crusaders team. He was first on the field and last off it in practice. Amazing drive that he had that drove him from an ordinary player to a great player which Steve Hansen believed he was the greatest player he's ever coached. Karen Reed, in his latest book, said of him, of Richie McCaw, that he never got to know him because he was so focused on his rugby. He was watching the referees. He was watching the teams. Interviewed him after a 2015 World Cup semi-final. They'd just, they'd just beaten South Africa. He wasn't satisfied with that. Australia was his next goal. Just Driven, driven for that. And so at the end of the film, I was so impressed with this man and in, in, in his life of, of how he drove himself and he had a desire and a passion for where he wanted to be. But afterwards, I also had a sinking feeling. A sinking feeling came over me as the movie had finished. I thought of myself do I have that drive? Do I have them goals? Do I have a passionate pursuit of not rugby, but something far more important, which is Christ? Do I have a list in my goals for 2020 that will draw me closer to Christ than ever before? I and mean, we just sung about it. You all sung about it. 
that your desire was to honour him, to love him with all your heart and everything you do, every breath that you take, you're going to remember him and think of him and he's going to drive you on. And I thought to myself, wow, what a challenge. If this can be done in rugby, a game which is meaningless in eternity, what can it be done for a man or a woman who drives themselves towards Christ in that kind of passion, that kind of focus, and that kind of desire? You know, some people have... New Year's resolutions. Some say, I was looking on Facebook uh, and going through Christian things and they say, oh, some say it's wrong, some say it's good. But as I looked through this passage we read and, and looking not at New Year's resolutions but goals to have, Paul had one. We read what Paul wanted. His goal, he says, he's speaking of himself as I press on towards the goal. What was the goal? The prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. In fact, I believe Paul personally had a list, different from Richie's, but it was a list. And that passage we read in verse 10, this was 14 years after he met the Lord on the road to Damascus. This would have been roughly 10 or so years after the Lord himself met him and taught Paul. And what was his goal still? Verse 10 that I may know him. His desire was still to know his Saviour. After seeing him, after meeting him, after being called up to the third heaven, I just want to know him. And in a way, he has three subsections after it that all relate to that one, that one line that I may know him. I want to know him in the power of his resurrection. If it means fellowship in his sufferings, I want that as well. If it means being conformed to his death, I want that, that I could know him more. Have you ever thought of that? Them, them three subsections off that I may know him. Don't we all want to know the power of his resurrection? I do. I want to know that power of him living in me. But the, but the second one, and if it cost me in fellowship of his sufferings, uh, maybe I'll just stop there. Paul is saying, in effect, if I need to suffer for Christ, to know him better, then let me suffer. You kind of have to pull up your big boy pants when Paul talks like that. I remember reading a commentary and he says, every Christian should pray this prayer. O oh Lord, that I may know you more, that I may know the power of your resurrection, the fellowship of your suffering, being conformed to you in your death. Wow. That's a list. That's a list. And I'm wondering for 2020, would you be brave enough to pray that or put that list on your wall. For 2020, don't worry about the subsections for, for, for the meantime, but for 2020, you put on that I may know him more than I did in 2019. In 2020, I want to know him far greater than I did before. Wouldn't that be fantastic for a church?
Paul said on this, this little passage, the best of the best of ourselves are nothing compared to that of knowing Christ. All is rubbish, all is dung, unless we know him more. And he's saying, if you want to chase something great, then chase Jesus. If you want to pursue something great, then pursue Jesus. It is worth it. It is worth it. I remember reading last week Psalm 63. I'm going to read just a wee bit of it again. It says, O God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. I looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory because your loving kindness is better than life. Your loving kindness is better than life. My lips then shall praise you and then I will bless you while I live. I will lift my hands up to your name. My soul shall be satisfied. Is that us? I remember reading that last week and there wasn't one amen. Does that mean here we do not thirst after God? Do we really, are we that cold? Do we truly believe that his loving kindness is better than life? Really? Paul's saying here in Philippians 3, don't get caught up by looking better, being better. Don't get caught up with the things and loving the world and the things of the world. If you want a goal, make it Christ. Make him your goal, him your passion, him your desire. I was reading uh, St. Augustine's book on, it's called Confessions of St. Augustine. I want to finish with this, this quote by him. He's saying the same thing, but so many times it takes a long time to get through to our hearts and our head, then to our life. And it's, it's done in a, a, a slightly different English, and I'll try and explain it to you. Some of you will get it if you've read him before, but uh, like me, I read it two or three times. And he says this, But where in all that long time was my free will? And from what deep sunken hiding place it was suddenly summoned forth in a moment which I bowed my neck to your Christ, to your light burden, Christ Jesus, my helper and my redeemer. How lovely I suddenly found it to be free from the loveliness of the vanities of this world, so that now it was a joy to renounce what I had been so afraid to lose. For you cast them out of me, O true and supreme loveliness." You cast them out of me, you took their place in me, you who are sweeter than all pleasure. What's he saying? He's saying he came to a point in his life that the things he, he held dear to became nothing. He was afraid to lose them. I'm assuming you're like me and you've been through this or are going through it or are at that point now, you're afraid to lose things that you have worked so hard to gain. 
But he said, when he bowed his neck and bowed his shoulders to Christ and gave it all to him, it wasn't so bad. The things he found hard, hard to let go of, Christ, you made it so. And in doing so, when you cast them out of me, and I love the way the language he uses, he calls the Lord, O true and supreme loveliness, with a capital L. When you cast them out of me, you took my, their, their place. You took their place in me. And what does that look like? How did he feel when he gave up everything he had managed to accumulate? And he replaced them with Christ. He said, you who are sweeter than all pleasures. This is what Paul is saying in Philippians 3. Everything I have gained is rubbish compared to the knowledge of knowing you. Everything. And Lord, even though later on in my life, Paul says, my number one goal is still this, that I may know you that I may know you. Will that be our goal in 2020, Hokanui? That we may get rid of some stuff in our lives which are holding us back to him. That we may be like David and say, my soul is thirsting so much after you. And we may be like Paul. Lord, this is my wish for 2020 and onward, that I may know you in 2020. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. Lord, I just pray for um, my heart and the people here's hearts, that they may be softened to your word and to see the example in what we have read, that a man who has come to the conclusion Everything is lost compared to knowing you. Help us sow a seed in us, sow a seed in me, that that will come true and that you'll water that seed and it will be in our hearts and it will continually grind at us till we, like Augustine, figures out that actually you are the great price. You are our all in all, that we really can sing a song, Lord, you are my desire, and I want my life to honour you. Lord, change us, I do pray, bit by bit this year, that we at the end of the year can say, hey, I've known him greater than, I, than when I started, and even further on in 2021 and so on and so on. I just want to know you more and more because the well is never ending. It is so deep we can never know you, Lord Jesus, enough. Just help us. Help us. And if it means, Lord, which is a big call to go through suffering that we may know you, wow, then let it be. So, Lord, we ask these things. In the precious name of the Lord Jesus, who is worthy, who is altogether lovely. Amen. 